Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Gaijin Wrestling Radio. This is the match of the month for September. Ooh, September 2019. This is the match from Battle Autumn 1992, September 23rd, 1992, NWA World Heavyweight Championship bout between Masahiro Chono versus Stunning Steve Austin. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and as always, I am joined here with Jimmy Price. Jimmy. Hello, hello. Yeah. Back for the third third go around here. Yeah, I'm, having I'm fun stoked. with these gaijins. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of knowledge, a lot of good fun matches, right? You know, a lot of good yeah. stuff. You ready to watch one that's a game changer for a lot of people? Yes. And a lot of people don't really talk about, you know? Um, well, like, what's your history with Chono and Steve Austin before we get into this? Uh, Chono first and then Steve Austin second. Uh, so let's see, uh, Chono, I, I vaguely remember seeing, uh, some of him, some of his appearances, uh, in WCW when he would pop up with the NWO growing up. And then of course, uh, later as I start to delve into the Japanese pro wrestling, I, uh, start to see more of his stuff from over there and appreciate, um, the legend that he is. Um, Austin, I, did he ever, what, what ended up happening with him? Um, you know, I'd never really heard too much after 93. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, he, he, uh, you know, <laughs> Be crazy, he's, though. he's the man, you know, he, we, uh, you know, yeah, raised, raised by uh stone cold on TV. So what, what was your, what was your, what was your first like introduction to him? Do you think? Uh, the first time I probably saw him, I, I know I, I have no memories of watching him in WCW. I, so I first remember him as the ringmaster and uh, primarily hating his guts because he hurt Bret Hart. Dude. And, uh, you know, Bret Hart was my dude as he was yours. And uh, so I just, just hated him, absolutely hated him. And then came around, you know, by the time Hart left and, you know, he was going up against Vince. Yeah, I was... I, I was converted at that point to being a to being a Steve Austin guy. Yeah, um, your heart felt warm to him, you know, you know, just yeah, 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 absolutely, uh, and just uh, you know, absolutely, you know, I, I I love this era of Austin when you know you know everything, uh, you know, when he's still sort of the uh, the the technician. Um, so I love to go back and watch stuff, but this is uh, an, an interesting. Uh, an unfortunate turning point uh, for in the career of Chono and uh, just sort of a weird, weird coincidence to see what happens here. Well, yeah, you're getting into that. How like Austin right now is stunning Steve Austin in WCW and you can find out what's going on with him week by week as Dave and I cover that on marking out the days as we go through yes. Saturday night. Uh, WCW Saturday Night versus WWF Superstars and Stunning Steve Austin plays a pivotal role there going, uh, you know, right now battling against uh, one Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the WCW TV title um, and the longest reigning TV title championship or champion at the time. Um, so. Yeah. 
like really getting a lot of steam underneath the guy and everybody has a lot of strong hopes for this guy stunning Steve Austin who's a relatively uh, psychological technician wrestler who will take a lot of bumps for you. Now what happens in 1997 with him and Owen Hart is uh, the, the spinal uh, fusion. Um where he gets his neck compounded by that reverse tombstone pile driver that Owen Hart gives him. And from there on, his wrestling career is in danger and he has to change up the whole style and he doesn't take too many bumps. Uh, this way he's kind of like giving the brawling style and giving the bumps kind of more or less falling on his knees. You don't see Austin fall on his back or his neck too much anymore after this. Yeah. And wouldn't you be surprised if I told you in this match, September 23rd, 1992, what happens at the end of this match to cause an ending is Stone Cold Steve Austin gives Masahiro Chono, one of the top tier guys at the time, like the ace, the NWA world heavyweight champion, um, the man that they thought was going to be the leader of the three musketeers. That's him, Muda and uh, Hashimoto at the time. Um, uh, he he drops him on his neck just like Owen Hart does, and he paralyzes, yeah. like, nearly paralyzes the fucking guy. And Masahiro Chono would go on to, uh, you know, have the same move sets that Austin would, and turn to that black side as well, the dark. You know, just uh, being a brawler. Uh, just yeah. interesting, the way that they the careers intertwine that way. Um, yeah. And not a lot of info is given out there as far as um, if Austin apologized or what went on after the relationship between him and Masahiro Chono. And not much is spoken about it. Austin, I don't know, ever references it. Um, I don't hear it referenced it that much. I hear the Owen Hart and Austin situation being referenced all the time. Yeah, yeah, of course, and it's it's so so interesting because because Austin does sort of leave it out of the narrative, and, and you know the the story, you know when he recalls you know the story of him talking to Owen, and you know they're going over the match, and and Owen says, and then I'm going to give you a tombstone, uh, and I'm and you know he asks Owen how he's going to do it, and he says no, he's, Owen says no, I'm going to drop to my ass, and then Austin always says when he's recounting the story that. Oh, I've never heard of anybody doing that. Are you, are you sure you don't mean you're going to go to your knees? Why don't you just go to your knees? Mm-hmm. And Owen's like, no, I'm going you know, to fall on my ass. And thinking that it was a, a rib and like Austin acting like it's this foreign thing that he has no idea of, of anybody ever you know, performing the move this way when he, you know, we see it here. And so it's just, you know, it, it's, it's wrestling and, you know, Austin is, you know, Obviously, you know, nobody wants to be responsible for, uh, you know, putting this type of career-threatening injury and potentially life-threatening injury on somebody like this. Um, so I, I understand why he doesn't want to talk about it, but it's just kind of, you know, it's kind of curious that he just, you know, it just gets completely left out of the narrative. Yeah, there's a lot of stories I've heard over the years of Austin um kind of glossing over certain things that would make his career seem a little, you know, better. And what, what does, what superstar doesn't do that? Um, that we know in the wrestling business that we don't know, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, it's uh, I would say on the on the scale of uh, of things that Steve Austin did that people don't like to talk about, this one is not the worst. Right, right, right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, hey Deborah, uh, uh, so you ready to get into this match? You can find this on New Japan World. You can look up Steve Austin, and that's it. And that's the only match that comes up. Guess they have a high liking for him. <clears throat> Maybe not. I know he did some G One matches, but uh, yeah, uh, this is the one match that he did with Masahiro Chono for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, and uh, a couple weeks before. Uh, Rude would have the championship match with Chono, and Chono would come out the victor for the G1 Climax. So, um, yeah, this is off the heels of that, and Steve Austin uh, is ready to face him. You can find this match in the details of the information for this episode. Uh, when I count down five, four, three, two, one, when I say zero, at zero, you hit play. That means five, four, three, two, one, zero play. You know, you get it. Yeah. All right. Jimmy, you queued up. You ready? Ready to go. All right. Ready? Five. Yep. Four, three, two, one, zero. All right. We're starting off hot. And the announcer is just announcing the guys. Uh, there's the NWA big gold strap, man. They, they brought it back. This is when they just kind of like got it back after Flair had, uh, you know, uh, had his legal bouts with WWF because at the time he is still in WWF, um, yep. kind of feuding with Warrior and Macho Man and Mr. Perfect uh, on his side and Razor Ramon. Yeah, thank God they got it back because that belt that they broke out when Flair first took it and it was like a uh, modified regional belt that looked like. Yeah, have you ever seen a picture of that? I don't remember that. Do you like the WCW title belt? Wow, Steve oh. Austin getting a big uh, cheering here, getting a nice pop there. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I, I love Big Gold. Um, it's not my not my personal favorite. No, no, always, no, the WCW always... title. I mean, though, I like that one. Oh, is this the? Oh, I'm sorry, this isn't Big Gold. This is the. Uh, no, this the, is the, the Big that's... Gold. No, this is the Big Gold here. But I'm saying opposite WCW at the time. They have a WCW World Champion who was Ron Simmons right. at the time. What did you think about that belt? That belt, yeah, I'm picturing that one is more round and yes. closer to the the wing. Yeah, right, yeah, that one, that one I like, but it, it kind of just was kind of, I guess it kind of just blended in with you know the rest gotcha. of them. Yeah. yeah, it didn't really stand out. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is for the big gold belt, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, not the Globe one. Um, yeah. Starting off hot here with some, you know, Chono and Austin, the guys peak at their game here. Nobody has a broken neck yet. <laughs> um, it's just amazing. For at least yeah. 15 minutes. I know, right? <laughs> Headlock. And the, the, the pop that Austin got here in 92. Oh, set him stun up for gun. the stun gun and automatically hit him with that stun gun. Off the bat, yeah. Yeah, that was a surprisingly uh, nice pop for him there. Going for another backdrop, but gets caught by Chono with some big Yakuza kicks, and I will emphasize Yakuza when I speak about Chono. Uh, <laughs> he's going back. Wow, STF. There we go. That's that finish hold. He grabs onto the ropes, but 
Austin kind of breaks it as well. Wow. The match has started off hot and heavy. Patrona's on the outside, still not ready to give it up. Fast pace. Jesus Christ. Shoulder, shoulder tackle to the outside. Oh, Patrona's looking relentless here to start out. Yeah, definitely. Wow. And they're Beautiful playing, drop kick. Yeah, they're playing with like, yeah, you don't see Steve Austin doing drop, drop kicks after too long. No, no. They have like three feet of pad to play with maybe. Yeah. Oh. oh, wow. Again, a clothesline off the apron from Austin to Chono. The, these guys are staying on the outside. Kind of. Yeah, like, they're definitely. Go ahead. Kind of keeping a lot of like, um, you know, just fast pace and getting you getting you ready for this match. Just taking yeah, a lot of it out of the guys because they know it's going to be a 15-minute one. So you need to get some big impact moves going on, and then then we can get down to business. Yeah. So you're starting to slow down a little bit here. Exactly. Both guys in the ring rubbing the back of their neck. One will be not feeling <laughs> the back of his neck soon. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. So weird. I mean, to be, I mean, this is, imagine, I'm trying to think of like what a parallel would be, but it would be like if somebody came in from AEW, maybe like a mid-level guy or, or even, you know, uh, Impact or Ring of Honor and, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of who that Steve Austin type guy, maybe like Neville or, or, or Pac, okay. uh, and, you know, coming into New Japan and, and breaking Okada's neck, you oh. know, it would, oh, here's it would be... Here's a good one. There would be a meltdown in the re- in the yeah. wrestling world. Yeah, MJF. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Or, or yeah, like a, a like a heavyweight. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think maybe Austin's career might have suffered a little bit after this, because we'll see with the booking. I mean, he will get up into U.S. ranks a little bit and then feud again with um, Steamboat, but. Then from there, once Hogan is and friends come in, it's over. Yeah, and I mean, this certainly, um, I mean, the main thing, you know, this certainly hurt the relationship between New Japan and WCW as well. I think the, the main thing was, was Jim Hurd and him, you know, being a, being a moron and everything. But, like, uh, this couldn't have, this couldn't help matters any, you know, because there's a period there until, um, Bischoff comes on the scene and you know re reestablishes that relationship. Uh, there's sort of an icy period here for for WCW New Japan for a while. Yeah, it's almost as if um, you know New Japan always looks for that credibility as well. Um, and yep. around this time or after this time, might I say '93, it kind of got kind of got crazy in WCW. You know. We, we kind of yeah. got a, like gimmick crazy and not knowing where they're going. We got the guys colliding into the ring right now. Um, yeah, uh, it, it was weird. Like, I, I think I think they like New Japan was like unsure of the direction of what they were doing. And it's kind of paralleled to New Japan and ROH's relationship now. Yeah. Guys don't know. Like they had a great relationship going for years. Um, and yeah. now they haven't worked together in months. 
Um, and it's more yeah. ROH working with CMLL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it's, uh, I think um, Ring of Honor did a lot of damage by pulling the stunt with Enzo and Cass. Uh, and I also think, you know, New Japan, you know, it's got to the point where they feel like they can sort of do things on their own now in the United States and they can't, you know, draw, you know, I don't think they could sell out Madison Square Garden again on their own, but. Unless um, the card's right, man, but uh, they're they're going to all the buildings that ROH kind of had, you know, this year, this following year. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're you know already sold out Hammerstein or just about sold out Hammerstein and uh, running the ECW arena and uh, not sure about the building in Massachusetts if that's a Ring of Honor stronghold too, but the the latter two definitely are. Yeah, and you're going to the Hammerstein show, correct? Yes, yeah, uh, myself and former uh, podcast guest Kyle Clark, we're going up there celebrating. Uh, bachelor party for him he's going to be getting married soon so shout out to kyle Ooh. yeah man i'm super psyched super, super psyched it's going to be our uh first new japan experience for the both of us live and uh it's going to be uh going to be a good time that's awesome you'll have to give us some feedback on uh gajan wrestling radio for sure yeah yeah definitely we like I, i'm sure both of us can uh can hop on and we can kind of go over go over the card a little bit i would love to that'd be awesome we get these guys back and forth right here. We get a side Russian leg sweep, side Russian leg sweep from Chono to Austin, and a pinfall. And then these guys test of strength, and Austin wins and goes for cover, and one two no. But now Austin is back in control. Gut wrench, power slam to Chono, and he goes for a cover again. One no. These guys are testing each other out, kind of wearing each other down, move for move, you know? Yep. Trading blows. Yeah, that methodical wrestling. I don't mind matches like this, you know? I, I'm like, like, I love the, you know, tope suicidas. I love handsprings. I love all that stuff. I love bumping. But I, I like a match yeah. that tells a story about psychology here. Chono's trying to wear down that leg because he eventually he's going to wear on the STF to try to get the victory. Hopefully. We'll see if his neck can hold up. (laughs) Sorry. Maybe, uh, you never know. Maybe, maybe the match will end differently this time. (laughs) Uh, I, I do, I do like the, the story that they're telling you. The the match started out a hundred miles an hour and they're both sort of going for the knockout blow and, I guess becomes apparent to you know both sides that that's not going to be how this match ends, and so now they're they're wearing each other down. And Austin, oh wow, cradling way Chono nice, back. nice, yeah, yeah, nice way to counter out of that leg hold, but Chono right back into it. Yeah, this is that methodical plotting stuff. Chono is just holding on that toe hold. Wow, really digging in, man. Yeah, and it looks like he's breaking his ankle nearly. Um, oh my God! Twisting around and then back into a scissors lock, basically. Great vining, uh, everything. Um, man, Chono just holding down Austin as Austin is fighting towards the ropes. Um, like I said, this is just one of those matches where it's like, it, it, it's it's. It's the pseudo king's road of like you're working towards your your finishers your submission 
That's where we're going. Yes. Yeah. That's the psychology of wrestling that I am familiar with. Absolutely. Um, Austin finally free here. Yeah. Tying up again. And Austin looking a little winded. But coming back with some blows. And he's, you know, wow. Uh, he went for a high knee lift and then caught Chono with the other knee. Uh, Austin looks like no slouch right here. Looks like a top fucking tier heel, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, he does. No wonder, uh, you know, in, in due time he would be holding the U.S. championship. Um, they, th- they thought a lot of th- this guy and then Hogan and company got in. What do you think the, the fear was there? Just too good, or you mean what held him back in terms of yeah, or what like Hogan getting to the main event scene yeah. pre-Hogan? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think that whole era, Vader sort of was, was uh, well, you know, sort of omnipresent at well, the top to, of the card. Well to, well, to stop real quick, I think he was on the peak, and then Hogan and company got in. You know, like, yeah. I think he was right there. Like, what yeah. do you think? Like, what? Do you, what could you imagine? Austin and Ric Flair. Like, yeah, wouldn't ba- that be good? Babyface Ric Flair or heel? Rick, or, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, coming in, babyface Ric Flair, and then yeah, you can switch them up. But like, I yeah. don't know. Just yeah, I mean, either way, yeah, those those two. Would, would tear it up and I mean we got a little taste of that when Flair first came back and they had their feud with the Blondes but never really got that proper like you know title feud between the two that no, that could have been a lot of fun yeah it was that tag tease uh, between Arn and um, Ar- Arn and Flair against the Hollywood Blondes yeah like you said mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, I mean, get that fan, that fantastic flair for the old segment though, which is oh. ama- amazing. Yeah, perfect stuff. I mean, and that just goes to show the promo stylings of uh, Austin and Pillman at the time how how advanced they were. You know. Yeah, I mean, both those guys had it all. There's no reason why they shouldn't have made it to the main event. Yeah, and just more to the point of like all right i'm gonna go back to the question before i cut you off sorry oh wow chono springboards out of a fucking headlock and goes into a powerbomb position suplexes or backdrops austin over into a cover and then slides out of that and then they scissor again into a backdrop wow just a incredible sequence there um austin looking like he's about to go for an stf here no, he's going for a Boston Crab. Um, no, much to your point before, uh, what do you think held back Austin or Pillman from like reaching that next level? Besides uh, you and I thinking, like I think that they were there, you know? Yeah, I, I think it, it's a question of timing and probably, you know, politics to a certain extent. I mean, I think, you know, if, if Hogan never comes in, then you know, who's to say, you know, what, you know, because if Hogan doesn't come in, then all of his friends don't come in and that leaves room at the top of the card and Vader would probably still would have been on the way out regardless. So yeah, I mean, they, I, I, I really believe that, you know, 
had Hogan not come in, they would have had no choice but to, you know, bring those guys up because they were the cream of the crop, so to speak. Um, you know, and, and so really it's just a question of bad timing, I think. Absolutely. I think they could have done like what they did in WWF, but almost like a WCW style of like Austin versus Pillman um, yeah. for a U.S. title or move yeah. it up to the, you know, NWA title. Um, as yeah, we're getting absolutely. into the cusp of this match, um, Chono locks on a dragon sleeper hold onto Steve Austin in the middle of the rope, switches it up, gives him a body scissors lock with a uh, choke hold, and he's got Austin in the middle of the ring. Uh, these guys are down and it's fading. Oh yeah. no, he's not. Nope, fighting back. He's still got some fire left in him. Austin grabs the leg of Chono. That's a goody. Ends a goody. From Chono to Austin. You know what the other version of that is called? The Kamiguri? It's the kick to the face. Yeah. Ends a goody is the back of the head. Kamiguri is the front of the head. Just for everybody's uh, you know, knowledge there. We get some knees from chono to austin wearing him down chono's kind of firing up like all right let's go that's it this is it here we go i'm ready to die yeah so you this you know stuff like this you know you really makes you think and appreciate that you know every single match these guys put their lives on the line exactly this is just i mean this is a really good match but there's nothing uh, I mean, I I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's just it, it can happen at any at any moment. No, I and agree. It, this it, isn't something where it's like, oh man, this is the this is where he gets hurt. Like, no, it's like we're we're watching a match, and then it, like it's an accidental move. Um, yeah, everything's going according to plan, and yeah, yeah, Chono, and it's nothing like on fire, like super like aggressive, or these guys are like trying to kill each other. Like, uh, exactly, yeah. It's not like a Okada, Shibata type right. situation. Here we go. Where... Tombstone setup, Chono. He's setting up for the Tombstone, which was his finisher at the time. Austin reverses, struggles a lot, struggles a lot, gets him up, yeah. sits oh. flat on his ass, and breaks Chono's neck. Chono is stunned right here, folks. I mean, his neck is broken. Yeah, His that's hard to watch. Um, he's moving around a lot. Yeah. Austin knows he's hurt. He's laying down. With oh, him. my God. The Tiger Hattori is trying to communicate. Chono is up on his fucking knees, leaning on his head and neck. Austin yeah. picks him up by his head and neck. Oh, this is not good. Oh, my God. Uh, Chono cannot get up. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Grabbing him. Oh, my God. Into the STF. Chono folds into the STF on Austin. Austin has to... Oh, this is not good. His legs can't even grip the hold. He doesn't even know what's going on. He's got the choke hold. Uh, Austin goes for the ropes. grabs the ropes. I'm thinking he thinks he's okay. He's just stunned. Yeah. No. Uh, Chono grabs for the leg again. Flips into it. One more time. Grabs it. Full clutch this time. I guess full clutch. Uh, Austin is like, all right, I guess he's fucking hurt, man. 
and he's crawling towards you know, the ropes. And Austin gets up. There we go. Chono really, wins. like, wow. Makes you question that that rope break and and you know everything leading up to to it before. Um, it really makes yeah, me question the communication between yeah, uh, exactly. Japanese exactly. and foreign, you know, American talent. Um, I, I think there was a bridge of communication of Austin thought maybe we should go for the finish the clean way and try it one more time. And maybe that mm-hmm. put that that put Chono at more risk. You know, the more time elongated moving and a gra- standing up again and falling back down again, you know, like mm-hmm. just that thought was not put into it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, one of the great things that's still a mystery, a mystery to me about this business is, is the uh, ability for guys who don't speak the same language to go in there and communicate and uh, have that kind of match. And so, do, do you think about just the ability for them to to do basic stuff and and communicate and tell the story that way? Um, when it gets to do an emergency situation like that. Um, yeah, and it really makes you wonder if, like, yeah, I'm sure they're they're because you know that that's the last thing you know. I've heard I've heard guys say this. I feel like Bret Hart has said this, but the last thing you want to do is go out and think about you know worry about getting hurt because that's when you go out and you get hurt. Yeah. So I'm sure there's not like a contingency like, oh, if I break my neck, uh, I'm gonna do you know this is you know and you know you wonder where the you know how much of a role the ref can play in that situation and um. It's just a it's a scary scary spot, um, and to see the the amount of movement and and Shono leaning, you know, on his on his hands and knees, leaning down on his head and neck like that, it's just really uh, scary and unfortunate to see that. Yeah, and what would come of his career after would just be kind of what Stone Cold would do, though he would have a longer run. Um, than Stone Cold, but it would be few and far in between. It would just be like standing, punching, kicking, you know. He wouldn't take a lot of bumps at all, dude. Um, And when he would, they were few and far between and for a guy to get ahead. Uh, You know, not like trying to put over Brock Lesnar on a Monday Night Raw. Um, (laughs) But, like, it's just crazy to me this match like a lot of people don't really cite it too much or talk about it too much and just going through it the psychology was there and then they kind of like you could tell the guys were both burnt especially Austin at the time who I think the looking at the shape of him might you know like maybe the wear and tear of the G1 and the travel of the WCW you know schedule at the time was getting to him and yeah uh, this 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 card just he struggled with that tombstone over and over again and then still tried to hit it on Chono. Um man, unfortunate, but um incredible for us to watch. Yeah, definitely a, a pivotal moment uh in in both of those men's careers and uh yeah, just the the full circle aspect of it to you know, five years later Almost, you know, almost to the day. Dude, yeah, um, seriously, right? Yeah. And uh, it's just, yeah, one of those, one of the crazy things, one of those, those incredible uh, stories in this uh, industry. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I couldn't have done it without you here uh, watching it with me and joining alongside on Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Hope you enjoyed that, Jimmy. Absolutely. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. And as always, you can find us on Facebook at Retromania with a W. Uh, you can write to us at Retromania Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Retromania POD. Or you can find us on any podcasting app uh, by searching Retromania with a W. That's Podbean, that's Stitcher, that's Spotify, that's Apple Podcasts, that's anything. Uh, yeah, like, rate, review, subscribe, listen, share. That's the way we will grow and continue to go. All right, everybody, take care. Take care.